Hey everyone, Mr. Toast here. Just want to let you know you can watch the podcast and interact with other viewers live on twitch.tv slash convictedtoast. Enjoy the podcast. Good evening, everybody. Mixed Media Podcast is back once again tonight on uh, Halloween, discussing some of the Halloween movies. Once again, joined by me, um, joined by Mikey Nike Rager. And Mr. Toast here. Uh, I am I am like a hundred percent ready. This is like already my favorite episode we've ever done. We haven't even started it yet. I got for you audio listeners. I'm wearing a Halloween Christmas sweater right now from like the Halloween franchise, and I've got Friday the Thirteenth pants on just because I don't have Halloween pants. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be um covering Halloween, uh, the original. Halloween 2 and Halloween 3 and Halloween 2018. So we're doing four. Um, I ended up, we weren't sure what all we wanted to cover for the podcast or what we had time to cover. So I kind of went on a little side quest of my own. And I watched another, what is that? Six, I think. I think I watched another six Halloween movies. Uh, There are too many. I lost count. There's, I think there's 13 total now. But, uh, so I will be giving some like brief uh highlights of those uh at some point here. Uh, I don't know when do when do you want me to do that? Do you want to do that at the end? Do you want me to do it now? Do you want me to do it in between the movies? I think you can squeeze a few in between. Um Okay. That'll work. We got some chatters. Uh Fuchsia Jones says, Hey, happy Halloween, looking cool by the way. Thank you very much. And Strawberries and Sammy says, It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horror followed by the big giveaway. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Halloween 3 there for when we when we get to that. So I guess there's no better place to start than with John Carpenter's original film from 1978, Halloween. Uh, this movie is... Uh, often given the title of the first slasher, there were slashers before it. Uh, some people consider Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw to be a slasher, but this movie is what really kicked off the slasher boom that we would see in the eighties, um, with Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and so many other franchises that aren't in the big three. Halloween was not. was not ever intended to be a franchise uh like this it um it originally uh john carpenter and deborah hill were hanging out and they were like hey um can you name me a movie uh that is just called halloween and they were like no no i don't think i can and they're like well we should do that we should make a horror movie called halloween and they um they developed it they got the town of Haddonfield. He originally planned for it to be an annual han- anthology uh, where every year a different director would make a movie with just Halloween in the title. And it would be a different story completely, uh, as we'll come to find out. Uh, that's not quite how things went down. That's not what the studios had in mind. That's not what uh, Malik Akkad or Mustafa Akkad, sorry, um, who the producer of pretty much Mustafa Akkad produced 
every single Halloween movie up to two, even if they were made by different studios, didn't didn't matter. He was the only one on set for every movie. And then his son, Malik Akkad, did the new trilogy um, after Mustafa Akkad had passed away. So he had a lot of uh, creative input for this franchise. Uh, let me see. Well, uh, I guess we could start with uh, Keegan if you wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, about the first Halloween. Yeah, so um, I will say the version that we, we uh, watched for, uh, for the podcast, the audio mixing was a little uh, not great, but overall, not a bad film. Uh, it actually grew on me um, the night after we watched it. I kind of ruminated on a little bit. Um, but kind of starts out and we follow uh the opening where you know we get a first person perspective of uh michael when he is six uh around there yeah yeah so he's around six years old or so and he's like kind of just stalking his own home um like looking at his sister and her like boyfriend through the window um as he works his way inside uh and finds the mask puts it on and you know the boyfriend leaves and he proceeds up the stairs with a kitchen knife and uh brutally murders his sister yeah and he he walks outside and mask is taken off we have no idea that we're looking through the eyes of a little kid until the very end of the segment which had have been jarring for audiences in 1978 to follow like this dude go on a kill it kill this lady we don't know it's his sister till a little bit later as well and go downstairs the mask comes off and surprise it's a little kid just stand there confused next to his mom and his dad yep and uh, we get the amazing title sequence with the score backed by john carpenter who wrote directed did the music he this uh he really goes all out uh for his movies and um it is literally not just the theme of halloween the franchise but it's pretty much the theme song for halloween yeah like it's up there with like thriller and the monster mash for like most played songs during halloween yeah. I have uh I have so many many vivid memories of like trick or treating as a kid. You'd walk up to a house and you just hear that theme song playing as you walked up. Yep. And it's used it, it is used a lot especially in the first movie. Um and there's different vari variants of it too that um change for the tone, but this movie is very slow. It was made on a minuscule budget um things unfold looking back on this movie now you're like man like when is everything gonna happen and they just don't make slasher films like this anymore where so much of the mystique and the horror behind it is the way that he just kind of stalks people for the first pretty much the first half of the movie when he he gets out uh so I guess uh, moving on to the next part of the plot, um, it's Halloween night, and uh, or no, it's not. Ha it's the night before Halloween night. Sorry, and this nurse is taking the incredible Doctor Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, to uh, see his patient before he's transferred out of here. 
he's going to court and then he's going to prison and Dr. Loomis. Like we get kind of a glimpse of how awful this kid was. He's just kind of like, I saw nothing behind those eyes, but pure evil. And he's like talking about how he's going to drug him up so bad that the doctor and the judge would just be like, oh yeah, he's just completely insane and just throw him in jail. Yeah. He won't be able to defend himself at all. And uh, they kind of pull up and there's all of these uh, inmates from the mental hospital. They're outside. They're kind of wandering around. And Michael jumps on top of this car. He grabs the nurse and pulls her out of the car and just kind of hops in and starts driving down the road. And Loomis is like, shit. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> um. Sam in the chat says, I have nothing but love for the first one, the cinematography, the soundtrack, the story, everything is so perfect to me. Um, so um, if you would like, you could start discussing Jamie Lee Curtis and her friends, the kind of main characters that we'll be spending a lot of time with. Yeah, so um, it kind of opens up with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as she's just, you know, on her way to school in the morning. Um and we kind of get this uh, introduction to like kind of like what she does outside of school. So she's a babysitter for uh, a couple of the neighborhood kids, but uh, it's like kind of they're just kind of having like this back and forth about like what they're doing for the night of Halloween. Um, and there's this really like uh, I don't know. There's something about the way that the this part is shot where I'm just like this is like kind of like it's like a memory almost you know yeah um, it go ahead oh, I was yeah. just gonna say it feels very dreamlike yeah like it feels like something that you've experienced before um like at some point in your life but uh uh finally they um at school and there's this really great scene that we're gonna call back on when we get to 2018 um but there's uh uh Lori's sitting in there in her uh desk at school and she looks over and looks out the window and sees the uh the car from the from the mental hospital and michael standing behind it yeah, and he's got the he's got the jumpsuit on and he's got the mask already. So, um we kind of get a little bit of explanation from this later on that Loomis was looking for him. He ki- he found uh where he had stopped at like this mechanic shop. He killed a mechanic for his coveralls and he took this white mask from a hardware store there in Haddonfield and uh that mask is really funny. They were like, "We want him to have a mask." And uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, who went on to direct Halloween 3, was like, okay, what, what do you want? And John Carpenter's like, I don't know, I want something I want something out there, I want something weird. And he like brought him this like shitty, like generic William Shatner mask from Star Trek. And it looks nothing like William Shatner, and he's just like, yeah, that'll work. So he doctored it up some, and that was the mask that we got, and it's like completely iconic with that franchise now. It's so weird to me, uh, thinking about it, like, was that just a thing in the 70s where they just made a rubber mask of, like, actors? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, remember in Baby Driver, they all had, uh, they were wanting Michael Myers' mask, but they yeah. got Mike Myers' yep. mask. So, I guess we, you just gotta dig for them and you could find them. 
I guess. I mean, uh, I think I actually remember hearing about that one where originally uh, Edgar Wright wanted to do to do that, but uh, they couldn't get the rights, so that's why they ended up doing Mike Myers masks instead. I believe it. I think it was because they were right in the process of developing 2018 when they asked them. Gotcha. So they didn't want anything tampering with it because that was like, in my opinion, not counting three. I think 2018 is the best sequel. Um, and I think they kind of knew that going in as well. They had something. Uh, so uh, Lori's kind of walking home with her friends and their um, Annie and Linda. And she's like, they're talking about this dance and, you know, there's just normal bullshit. Like they do a really good job of making the teens in this movie really feel like teens, I guess. Like they, they talk and act like people in high school do like the one girl's like i always forget my books i forget my math book and all then she's like who needs books anyway and Lori's like the bookworm and she's walking home and um annie gets a ride home uh with her dad and uh, her dad's a cop and he's like or no shit i got that backwards he comes later it's linda that gets a ride home with her dad and annie and Lori are walking down the road and Lori's like, there's somebody in the bushes. And Annie goes over there and she's like, there's nobody here, Lori. And we get this scene of Loomis and he goes to the cemetery. And I just want to say, I love this. What do, what do you call so he works at the cemetery? Uh, uh, like a gravekeeper? Yeah, a gravekeeper. Yeah. And uh, he's taken Loomis to where Judith Myers is buried. And they're like looking around. He's telling him this whole story and Loomis is just like yeah that's nice where's where's she buried and there's this big just hole in the ground where a grave used to be and I love that uh the cemetery um worker his his reaction he's just like oh why do they do it goddamn kids <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life heard of kids going to the like those things weigh like what two three hundred pounds yeah, probably more than that. Like, like lifting a giant fucking rock out of the ground, taking yeah. it. And, it's, it's, uh, I love that it just leaves a perfect rectangle in the dirt too. Yeah, just like like the kids just like yanked it right up out of there. Yep. Um, and uh, Lori and Annie are driving around, and they see the hardware store where he had robbed, and they pull up, and they were like smoking pot and listening to "Don't Fear the Reaper." And their their dad, Sheriff Brackett, he's kind of like, "You guys staying out of trouble." Um, me think what I I don't want to like go over a lot of this is like very slow. I don't know what we should like go into with this. I think we should like cut ahead to the night of. Okay. Like when everything's kind of I know there's like a couple other like little scenes between the characters, but. Yeah, it's a big thing with like the way that the movie's paced is because there's a lot of suspense and build up. Uh we don't really get into the meat of it till the last little bit. Yeah. Uh Sam says, Oh yeah, let's go steal some random lady's gravestone with my dad's crane. It'll be fun, guys. <laughs> um, so Teen this teenager is forklift certified. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get this um, we we realize that Lori is a babysitter and Annie's a babysitter, and they're both babysitting kids. Lori's got Tommy Doyle, and Annie has Lindsay Wallace, and 
Michael and Loomis are still Michael and Loomis, Jesus Christ. Sheriff Brackett and Loomis are still looking for Michael. They go to the old Myers house. They're like looking in there and they're like, uh, I guess he got hungry and there's just a dead dog on the floor. <laughs> they're like, okay. And we get this really cool. I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about the plot for a little bit. But I just want to mention on the TV, there's like this um, horror trilogy playing. Well, not a trilogy, but like a marathon of horror movies. And uh, if you there's a great angry video game nerd video, Cinemassacre, where he's like analyzing what the movies were on the TV, like what their marathon was like planned out as. And I remember for sure Night of the Living Dead was one of them. Yeah. That played during that night and the thing uh but not john carpenter's the thing yet the original. he hasn't remade yes and it's really cool that that's in there and there's a there's actually a really cool shot in halloween ends that mirrors that in halloween ends there's a scene where it's like halloween night and they have the horror thon on and the thing is playing on the tv but it's john carpenter's the <laughs> thing so it's pretty cool and yeah. i just love that horror thon i love I love it when movies do that and it plays really well. So if uh, you want to start talking about the night of. Yeah. So, um, uh, so Loomis is basically like, I'm going to stick around here cause he's probably going to come back to the, to the Myers house at some point. Um, which we do get a quick, it goes away from that for a sec, but it comes back and we get Mike's favorite line from the entire movie. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> It's up there. Yeah, so uh, this group of kids, because the, there's a whole uh, thing around town that's like, oh, the place is probably haunted or whatever. And this group of kids is going up the stairs. One of them's named Lonnie. And they're like, Lonnie, go knock on the door, uh, as kids do. And Loomis, uh, Loomis is like, I don't, want, I don't want these kids to like get murdered or anything. So he leans into the bushes and says, Lonnie, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> And when the kids run away, like screaming, like Donald Pleasant, his character is like a little smirk on his face, like he knew what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he did. It's what it's one of my favorite lines of the movie. Yeah, one of the things that's uh, actually kind of incredible about this movie, as we'll get into it a little bit with the uh, as the story progresses, but I love that the majority of this story takes place between two houses. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, in this movie adjusted for inflation i think is one of the biggest growths of a box office uh, the budget was like two hundred and seventy thousand, and it made 40 million in 1978 so like adjusted for inflation i think that's like a still one of the biggest jumps from budget to box office but they didn't have a lot to work with so so much of the story is just this one chunk of the neighborhood yeah um which is why the uh Officer driving around town is a huge waste of time because he's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, uh, Loomis gets to the point where he's like, "All right, he's not coming around here." He just starts kind of walking off on his own. Um. But in the meantime of this happening, um, we have what's her name? I just forgot it. The other babysitter. Um. Annie. Annie. Uh, Annie's doing her own thing with the uh, with the other kids sitting there, uh, and they're like, you know, calling back and forth, like, what what else is there to do in uh, in seventy eight, you know? <laughs> Besides, oh yeah, I'm just babysitting this kid. Oh, you're babysitting a kid too. That's <laughs> that's the dialogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, Don't forget about Ben Tramer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he 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 comes around. You know, we we get some time with him in uh in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like five seconds. <laughs> it's a great five seconds. That's true. Uh, Sam says that's why the newer trilogy feels so off to me because Haddonfield feels so much smaller in the first movie than in the uh, almost city it feels like in the new ones. Well, I think it was always established that it was pretty big because they had their own newspaper. And if a town has their own newspaper, they're pretty big. They had their own hardware. I mean, it was a decent-sized town, but most of the story takes place around the Myers house. That's why it feels so small. But I think Haddonfield was always established to be like a decent-sized town um, with a lot of homes in it, especially with... I mean, they have a bar. You know, it's not like a little... Just one neighborhood kind of thing. Every town has at least two bars. <laughs> well, it's true, but they also have a whole ass sheriff's department. Yeah, that's true. Which is like usually a thing for counties. Yeah. So, um, so Annie gets some like, <laughs> what is it? Butter. She gets on her shirt. And she goes out like into this thing. There's this whole like weird thing that she gets stuck out there, and Lindsay lets her uh, sets her free and. She answers the phone and it's her boyfriend and uh, Lindsay tells her boyfriend that she was stuck. And I love I love the dude like picking up the phone because it's just something I would say. He's just like stuck, huh? (laughs) 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 Uh, Leaving lurk. Everyone is watching for a second on my stream. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. Um, So. Annie is like, my boyfriend and I can hang out. I'm going to go pick him up. Lori, can you take this other kid? And Lori's, you know, she's kind of a shut-in. She's just like, sure, I'll I'll do that. She's like, and then Annie's like, I talked to Ben Tramer for you. And it's somebody that Lori has a crush on. So Annie um, is leaving, and she gets in her car, and we get our first, like, kill of the movie that's not a flashback or off-screen and he's killed by Michael Myers in a very, like, that's the one thing about this movie, is it prioritizes suspense over gore. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, a sure. lot. It, it, this is relatively bloodless. I mean, there you see some blood, but it's not, like, gore fest that we'll see later on, uh, like, with Halloween kills. Um, so she um, is killed in her car. Uh, he slashes her throat, and um, we get back to with uh, Linda and Bob, and uh, there's a line in this movie uh, a very that strange Bob line. says. Yeah, it's very strange that Bob says when they're going in. So Bob and Linda are going in, and uh, they think that Lindsay is there, the little girl that they were babysitting, and Bob says to his girlfriend, first I'm going to tear your clothes off, then you're going to tear my clothes off, and then we'll tear Lindsay's clothes off. Lindsay's like 10. <laughs> and it's just like so out of pocket. Yeah. Every time I see that movie, like I watch that movie, I'm like, dude? <laughs> like, like, even if he was joking, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's like, uh, it's like making a really bad, like, cancer joke and somebody's just sitting there dying of cancer and you're like, oh. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. Um. So Linda and Bob do their thing, uh, and then Linda's like, "Go get me a beer." And Bob's like, "I thought you were gonna get me one." She's like, yeah. 
<laughs> he goes down there to get one, and uh, Michael Myers gets a hold of him, has one of the pr- probably the most iconic kill of this movie, I would say. Yeah, I think it's my favorite, to be honest. It is really cool. Um, he gets a hold of Bob, like pins him up and stabs him with his knife, and he pretty much just pins Bob directly to the wall, and he's like stuck. I don't know if Mythbusters did that or not, if you can actually do that, but it's still cool. And uh, Michael Myers, he kind of does this like head tilt thing where he's like looking at him, you know, he's like, it's really neat. It's like he's it's... appreciating his own work. Yeah. Like, in, like, like an artist. Art. Yeah. Um, so Bob, he had this like ghost thing he was doing or whatever. So Michael Myers puts the ghost costume on. He goes up and Linda's there and she's like trying to get his attention and Michael Myers is just standing there, just the sheet over him, just staring at her. She's like even tries flashing him. She's like, come over here, you know, and he's just standing there. So she's really annoyed. She calls Lori. She's on the phone with Lori. And uh, before she can say hello, he wraps the phone cord around her neck, strangles her to death. Um. And if you'd like to take over, you you may. Uh, I'm kind of blanking on this moment, actually. So. Oh, uh, okay. So Lori is like, what the hell? She like she thought it was moaning at first, but she realizes something's wrong. She goes over to the Wallace house and she finds her all the people that have been killed. Um, she finds Annie and she's laying in front of Judith's headstone. She has her first encounter with Michael. He like slashes her and she falls over this banister and uh, she stabs him. Or no, this is later on. This is later on. She gets out. She goes back to the toilet house. She's yelling for help. She goes in and she tries to call 911. The phone's dead. Michael gets into the house and she is attacked again. She This is where she stabs him with the knitting needle. Yeah. Uh, she goes upstairs. Uh, Tommy. Um. I'm blanking. Lindsay, Tommy and Lindsay. She's like, get the hell out of here. Like, find help. And Loomis is like searching the streets with uh, Brackett. And uh, if I didn't mention this before, it's very important. Uh, Annie was Sheriff Brackett's daughter. Yeah. So he he will find that in the second one. Uh, so Lori is, um, she's trying to hide from him. And she gets in this closet. He like breaks the door down she stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger uh they keep fighting some more and uh she she's like screaming loomis sees the kids take off running from the house he goes in and he finds uh michael on top of Lori, strangler in the hallway uh right before this we get one of the other most iconic shots of this movie where he's like laying injured by the closet and he just sits up like very like supernatural esque yeah. like it's very weird like he's just perfectly able just to sit up he doesn't like turn his head he doesn't move any part of his body he just sits up yeah no arms to support him or anything it's all it's yeah. all it's all abs <laughs> yeah Michael is all, all in the abs he had some time when he was in the mental health thing apparently he had time to uh learn how to drive too yeah <laughs> apparently uh, somebody just taught him how i guess uh, somebody in there probably gave him lessons <laughs> so um 
Michael strangling Laurie. She like pulls his mask off. We see the bottom part of it for of his face for a brief second. Loomis comes around. He shoots him six times. He shot him in the heart, and uh, he falls off the balcony. Loomis goes to check on the body, and he's gone. And uh, that's just that's pretty much how it ends. And she asks uh, Doctor Loomis, uh, "Was that the boogeyman?" And this is a matter of fact, it was. I swear he has some of the best lines in this. Like, he just has, like, every, like, every, like, 30 seconds he's on screen, he has just this line. And is either, like, explaining to the cop why they need to search for him. He's like, he's pure evil. Or he's, like... Telling Lonnie to get his ass away from there. Like, he just has, like, an iconic line. Every scene he's got. Uh, Sam said, damn, Loomis was a really good shrink. He was. I mean, he, he shot him six times. He shot him in the heart. So, uh, is there anything else you want to kind of talk about a little bit for the first Halloween? Um, like I said, this one did kind of ruminate and grew on me a little bit uh, after the fact, but... When we were initially watching, um, the uh, some of the music did like kind of get repetitive for me personally. I don't know if anybody else has that issue or not, but uh, that's the only thing that I had that I was like, eh, it's, it could have been better. <laughs> but that's pretty much it for the first one for me. What would you give it out of ten? I think I'd give it a nine. A nine. Yeah. It's uh. It is I, definitely a 10 for me. I think oh, the nine would the the nine only sticks just because like if you're doing like a repeated watch, I feel like the early parts are kind of like if you remember the story, the early parts are a little eh. Yeah, a little bit. I think they get a little bit. I think it gets a little bit better on other watches just because you aren't as like suspense. I feel like things feel longer if you're waiting to see what happens. But like after you already know, it's you can just relax. Like bodies, bodies, bodies. Like every time I watch it, it feels like it goes by faster, just because I know how everything goes down. Um. So for me, it's a ten. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, there is one other entry in this franchise I like more. We'll get to it. Um. We're on to a sequel that I would say has some mixed. Um mixed feelings people have about it uh myself included uh and that is halloween 2 from 1981 uh this was john carpenter wrote this when he was drunk um didn't want to do a sequel they wanted him to do a sequel so he did one it's the same thing uh, that kind of happened with uh texas chainsaw 2 yep pretty much pretty much he um he wanted it to be an anthology and this him making this movie uh, cemented that this was not going to be an anthology as yeah. much as anyone wanted. So, um, I go ahead. You got the floor if you want to start. So it starts out with a brief recap of the ending of the first movie, uh, where Loomis looks out over the uh, over the lawn, and Michael's body isn't there. Uh, even though he's damn sure he shot him in the heart six times. Anyway. <laughs> he's not human. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So Lori's uh, put onto a stretcher and taken to the hospital, and they're like, "We got to spread out and still find him." Uh, and the entire time, basically, like news reporting and everything's coming in. They're like, "Yeah, there are five, uh, five bodies." Uh, or they don't even say five bodies to start with. They're just like, "Yeah, we found some bodies, and there's probably more." Basically, yeah. uh, no identities revealed or whatever up to this point. Um. Lori is introduced to a EMT uh, on the way to the hospital who he develops a bit of an infatuation with her, a little crush. Uh, and he sticks around throughout the entire movie. Uh, and thanks to Michael, I know that this character survives due to a TV edit. <laughs> yes, yes. They added an extra scene in for additional runtime for the TV version where we do see that he is alive. Yep. Um. But uh, basically, they get Lori in, and they're like, oh, she's suffered a couple of injuries, yada, yada. Your basic TV doctor talk, you know. <laughs> um, but in this time frame, Loomis is now uh, riding around with the officer's name that I forgot. Bracket. Bracket. He's riding around with him. He's like, I'm sure I'm like, I shot him six times in the heart. I know it. Uh and he's like, well, if you shot him six times, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the, before the theme cuts in, when uh, the neighbor comes out and Loomis is like distraught and the guy's like, hey, buddy, would you like tone it down a little bit? I've been trick or treated to death tonight. And Loomis <laughs> says, you don't know what death is. Takes off running and the theme song starts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. It is. Um. So then we get uh, another um, point of view shot from Michael's perspective uh, as he starts stalking some more victims for the night. Uh, he's looking through the window at an uh, old woman as she's making a sandwich, which, yes, I would like mayonnaise and <laughs> mustard with my sandwich, please. I don't know what you're putting on there, but I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you want mayonnaise and mustard with your sandwich? <laughs> yeah, my favorite part, she's like, you want mayo with your sandwich and like no response? How about mustard? <laughs> uh, um, but he moves into the into the kitchen, grabs a knife as uh, and we don't see it on screen. These are actually two off screen kills, but Michael kills the elderly couple uh, in the in the kitchen with uh with a knife. It's his favorite tool. It is very effective. I've heard. Yeah. Um, so basically the cops are now on a, uh, a manhunt looking for Michael Myers as he's, uh, still wandering about killing people. Um, he moves on to, uh, I can't remember what the character's name is, but she's this teenager. She hears the ruckus over at her elderly neighbor's house. She's like, you guys okay over there? Here's no response. Disregards it entirely and goes back inside. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, shit! <laughs> uh, how does she die here? I can't remember. I, I, she's on the phone. Um, or no, is that 2018? I get parts of this scene confused with 2018 because they're very similar. Um, I think I, I. Oh, he stabs her in the chest because when he stabs her, it, like it shows her face and you see like the blood. That's right. Come up. Yep. Yeah. He stabs her. Yeah. Um, so basically the police have a description. They're like, uh, we're looking for a guy in a jumpsuit and a mask. Uh, and they're going on this 
huge search. Finally, they they're like, "Oh, we see him. He's just walking down the street." Uh, <laughs> and this is so out of pocket. It's it literally happens out of fucking nowhere. But he's walking down the street. The cops see him, and for some reason, he takes off running. And then another cop car comes from the side, slams into him, and then slams him into an ambulance. And the thing just bursts into flames. <laughs> It's revealed too that it's Ben Tramer. <laughs> He's fucking. That's the one thing I do like about Halloween too is that there's. This is a Michael Myers movie, and there are, are like, well, I guess the one kid doesn't die, but there's like two weird incidents that like happen completely like unrelated. I guess the kid dressed up similar is related, but like when Laurie's taken to the hospital, we see this kid like walking in with a razor blade in the middle of his tongue. He's yep. like, oh, oh, can't talk, and you're like. What the fuck? <laughs> like that has nothing to do with any of this. Which, as we have covered two times this month already in previous Halloween special episodes, there's zero reported cases of that happening. That's true. That's true. There are no documented cases of razor blades ending up in candy. It's an urban legend. Uh so um Lori's in the hospital, she's like, please don't put me to sleep. And they put her to sleep. Uh Michael shortly arrives at the hospital. Here's where I start to dislike aspects of this movie. Uh, he like shuts the power off, um, and Lori has this dream when she's asleep that she was adopted, and that Michael Myers is her brother. I hate this. John Carpenter, John Carpenter, hates, Carpenter it. hates this. Yes, it's terrible. It is one of the biggest mistakes. In the franchise, it ruins so much of the first one because what made the first one so horrifying is he just did it because he fucking felt like it. Yeah. And the only place he knew to go was home. Um, in this one, it like gives all that bullshit. Um, we get in there, and this one other um, paramedic worker, he's sleeping with one of the nurses. And Michael Myers at this point is already in the hospital. I believe he kills the security guard first. Uh, right? I remember correctly. I think he does. I'm not 100% sure. But they have, like, I don't know what kind of hospital has a hot tub. Especially in 1981, but there's a hot tub. And for some it's reason... It's like a therapy able... bath or something like that. Yeah, and for some reason he's able to turn the temperature up to, like, 100, like, the boiling point. Like, it literally, like, the dial... It was like up to like eighty or ninety, and then it just says scalding. Yeah, like just <laughs> purely boiling water. And um, he he kills uh, the paramedic worker, and he goes for the nurse, and he just keeps dunking her head in this water. And every time he like takes his hand out, and he's got her hair, there's more of her flesh just peeling off of her face. Yep. And he just keeps dunking her in there, and she's she's dead, and um. Marion comes to find Loomis and uh, she, uh, she's like, we need to go. You've been ordered back to Smith's Grove by the governor <laughs> for some reason. And he's just he like, was drunk when he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, OK, and so Loomis is in the car with her and they're they're going back. And she's like, there's something you need to know. Michael Myers and Lori Strode, their brother and sister. He's like. Why didn't why was I told this? It was like some secret file, like what? <laughs> so, 
So he holds a police officer hostage and makes him drive him back to uh, Haddonfield Memorial. The cop's just like, what are you doing? Loomis is like, I'm taking you hostage. Like, puts a bullet through the like the um the passenger side window. He's like, we're going. Uh, Sam said, this is a choice. Yes, it is a choice. Um, <laughs> the 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 hospital work or the uh, paramedic that's trying to help Lori Jimmy slips on a pool of blood. And the first time I saw this, I thought he killed himself. When he like came down on the blood, I was like, dude, we find yeah. out he's fine. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> Like, he, he hits the ground hard. He knocks himself out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Loomis gets back there, and uh, this other uh, uh, this other nurse, she finds Lori, and she's killed, and Michael's chasing Lori through the hospital. Uh, she goes outside, she gets into this car, and the paramedic worker, Jimmy, he comes out, and he's just, like, bleeding from the head. He's like, Hi, and he gets in and he just passes out of the steering wheel. <laughs> um, Marion is like calling the police. They get there and um, Loomis shoots Michael again. This time they think he's dead, and this cop's standing there. And Loomis is like, "Dude, get the fuck away from him!" And Michael gets up and he cuts the marshal's throat with the scalpel that he's been using in the movie. So Loomis and Lori are together now. They run into this operating room and he gives her uh, the gun that he had taken and Michael stabs Loomis in the stomach and then Michael comes over and this is, I think, out of the first two, this is the first, like, I get surviving six gunshots is kind of unbelievable, but I feel like the two eye shots is the most unbelievable thing. Yeah, the first two. If they want him to be human, uh, it makes for a cool ass sequence. But it is, you have to suspend uh, your uh, suspension of uh, belief or whatever. Disbelief. It is. Suspension of dis disbelief. Yeah. So, um, Laurie shoots him twice in the eyes, and he's blind. And we get this really cool uh, sequence where he's just like slashing the air, like listening for him, like you, like a bat using echolocation to find him and kill him both. And Loomis is like turning on all these gas valves, and Lori gets out. Loomis opens up this lighter; it blows up. We see Michael kind of like staggering out of there, and he falls to the ground. And Mister Sandman by the Cordette starts playing, and it kind of fades out. And if you're watching the TV version, you get an extra scene after this, where when Lori's in the hospital going or in the in the ambulance going to a different hospital, uh, Jimmy is in there as well in the back but you don't get that in the theatrical version yep uh so i do want to mention a few things i liked about this movie uh Hopefully. a little bit so um some of the kills they were a little bit more gory than the first movie mm -hmm. which i didn't mind to be honest i think it i think it opened up a little bit um and then there even somewhere it's still like that you still get the cup letter off screen where it's just uh, like like J when Jimmy slips on the blood, it's because he found a nurse that was uh, she had an IV in, and all of her blood just drained out. Yeah, uh, and it's completely off screen. Um, but I also like the setting more. Like I like a for some reason I think like the like a a hospital has a much more tense uh, 
like setting and tone than like your local neighborhood maybe i don't know yeah it it's it's a little bit different it it, yeah. it makes it creepier yeah especially like when the part where they start like Lori starts trying to run from him and she's going through like the maintenance areas and everything in the hospital yeah um, I think this is the only one with Michael Myers that has like a well I was trying to think of like if there was one that like also <laughs> took place like outside of like homes yeah I can't think of one yeah um another thing this is this has nothing to do with the movies or anything but uh Mike and I used to work at the same place <laughs> and we had a mask that came in from it was the Halloween 2 uh Michael Myers mask that had the blood coming down the um the eyes and uh I don't if if that was made from the same material I don't think Michael Myers is is staying alive because he's pure evil I think it's because he's high out of his mind because that mask smelled like paint thinner <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with that <laughs> No dude <laughs> he's 100% right um yeah, this is um John Carpenter wrote this. He didn't even direct it. It was Rick Rosenthal. Um he didn't want to do it. Um he didn't want to do it at all. Yeah. And uh that's why the ending is kind of the way it is. He tried to like kill everybody off except yeah. for Laurie. That way there wouldn't be uh anything after that and they could stick to the anthologies. Right. Uh so before we move on uh, of course, we're going to do our rating, but after the rating, you should talk about some of the Halloween movies you watched in your solo project. Okay. All right. So what do you, uh, what do you give Halloween 2 out of 10? Probably an 8. 8.5. I gave it an 8. Yeah, I gave it an 8 as well. well eight po- Actually, I think it's an 8.5. If I look at my notebook, I think it's an 8.5. Yeah, the, it's a fun movie. Just the sister brother stuff. Just yeah, it really, it really had no reason being there. So if you hated the sister and brother stuff, I'm moving on to 4. Uh, these are ones that I watched as my side project. I'm just going to go over them briefly before we get to my favorite Halloween movie, which is Season of the Witch. Um, Halloween 4 is okay. It is the most, like, okay movie that you could watch. It's just fine. Like, the whole thing is just okay. It's It really continues with that plot from 2. They, they continued everything from 2, except Michael and Loomis both survived the explosion. Somehow. Um, uh, Loomis, yeah, somehow. Loomis was bulletproof or something. I don't know. Maybe Loomis, like, in the mental asylum, like, trained him on how to be invincible. <laughs> Like the two of them worked on it. <laughs> They're like, all right, this is how we're going to work on it. You can survive the explosion, right? So I can survive the explosion. Yeah. Cold so, fire, um, don't worry, says Sam. <laughs> yes. Uh, we get this one uh, has some pretty much all new characters except Loomis is back. And the main girl is, uh, her name is Danielle, I believe. I can't remember her fucking name. Hold on. It's going to bug me, and I'm going to have to talk about it for the fifth one. It's Jamie Lloyd, played by Danielle Harris. Um, She is Lori's daughter, and Lori and her husband are killed off-screen in a car crash. Um, And Michael <clears throat> is hunting, hunting her down because it's his niece. 
It's fine. The ending's pretty decent. They retcon it in five. The ending of four shows um, Jamie with the knife, and she's wearing the clown mask, and she was about the same age that Michael was when he committed his atrocities, and Loomis is like, no, no! And five retcons all of that. Uh, five, I'm going to talk about it for like 10 seconds. Uh, that death is the biggest cop-out I've ever heard of. Which death? Oh, Lori's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, died in a car crash. <laughs> it's not as bad as Resurrections. I haven't seen Resurrection, but pretty disrespectful. Um, Yeah, she dies multiple times um, because this movie, these, this franchise has 12 timelines. So five retcons events of four. Five is fucking terrible. Uh, five is bad. I would say both of Rob Zombie's movies are better than five. Even two, and I hate two. But five is really bad. Wait, what are you wait, what are you looking at me like that for? Oh <laughs> uh, no, I never thought I'd hear anybody say anything good about Halloween two, the uh Rob Zombie version. Dude, five is a piece of shit. It is the most boring, just generic it's terrible. It is terrible. I haven't seen six yet. Um so I'm gonna skip you, you six. Probably skip it. I'm gonna watch it eventually because Paul Rudd's in it. What the fuck? It's like, yeah, it's like his first movie, but it, I'm pretty sure Michael in it uh wants to have sex with his niece. So that's like something I'm not looking forward to. That's what I've heard. Correct me if I'm wrong, audio listeners and YouTube listeners. That's all I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. H2O is fun. I didn't watch it this year though. Resurrection, I'm hopefully I'll never watch that. Um and then the other two I watched, I watched, well, no, there's a couple more. I watched Rob Zombie's first remake. It's like okay. Way, well, I'm having what you're having with the original with Rob Zombie's remake. Oh, you're ruminating. It's growing on me. There are a lot of parts of it I don't like. I don't like the trailer park, like chicken fried. Yeah. The dinner table. Fuck you. Like Rob Zombie dialogue. Yeah. That's a downside. The scenes with Michael and Loomis in the hospital, that's an upside. I liked that. A lot of people don't. I think... I like that. I think this is also... Uh, having only seen a handful of the movies, um, from what I've seen of them, in the, in, the, in the Rob Zombie remake, this is, like, the most, like, athletic and brutal Michael Myers. He's huge. The yeah. dude's a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, that that's actually a complaint for me. I think he's a little too big. Oh, okay. Well, like I like having a bigger actor, but that dude is like unlike naturally like large, and you're just like, I like that Willem a, Dafoe. I'm pretty sure it was like a pro wrestler. I I think it was. Uh, hold on, I have the. Uh, let me look. Halloween 2007. Uh, yeah, it was Tyler Maine. Yeah, he was a pro wrestler. Dude, he played Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie. How about oh. that? The thing with that, though, is I think uh, having Michael Myers be, like, being, like, taller, and, and that's it. Like, just make him a taller person, and it's more intimidating. But if you make him just absolutely jacked, like, everybody's gonna be like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's, that's the thing. He He's really tall, but he's, like, beefing. Yeah. I love, I actually, like, really enjoyed his remake the more i think about it i even think that he did the brother and sister thing okay in this one um 
because the reason for it to happen made sense. Because in this one, Michael killed the dad and the sister, and the mom killed herself. So it makes sense that Lori would be taken somewhere else yeah. and have a new family and that thing. Because why would why would the Lori from the first one have been adopted? Those parents seem like good people. Like they seem like very clean, upstanding citizens. Yeah. I don't see. I I, I don't know. Uh, it, he did some decent things with it. Um, the biggest downside is the Kentucky Fried shit. Halloween 2. It's not good. There are a lot of great cameos. Weird Al has in, in the, is in this for like 10 seconds. Um, <sighs> there's just way too much stupid shit going on here. And Rob Zombie didn't want to do this. So I, I get it. He's just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't need to make Loomis an asshole. Even in the really bad Halloween movies, the best part is Loomis. Yeah. So I didn't need to see him as an asshole. Uh, moving on from that one, I do you want me to save my kills and ends for the end, or do you just want me to throw them in? Uh, uh, just toss them in. Don't spoil anything, but throw it in there. To avoid spoilers, I don't. I don't really care. <laughs> For our audio listeners, I'm making a confused face because I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna. Okay, uh, I can limit this to like little to no spoilers. Kills is fun, but really stupid. Uh, it's a fine sequel to 2018. It really works in conjunction with it. There are some problems that I have with kills with some aspects of its plot every single kill in this movie is really good there is like there's a dude getting stabbed up through the armpit there's this other guy gets his like michael myers puts his thumbs in his eyes and his eyes just like fly out in like in different directions like there's some really unique ones in here haddonfield has probably the most personality it's ever had like this is where it feels lived in this one in ends it feels like a community um have you you know the story of frankenstein right yeah there's a very frankenstein like mob that forms in kills and they want myers dead and i hate the mob because it's just like i don't know it's weird at parts and it's like really cultish like they chant evil dies tonight and they're like it doesn't work for me michael myers's movie works for me the ending sucks but it's not bad ends is one that mark my words if you give it 15 years or so however long it took for people to start warming up to season of the witch people are going to warm up to this um it's very different then the other two in the trilogy, he knew it was going to be different. Uh, that's what they wanted. They wanted a different thing to come from it. And it's it's going to be divisive um, for fans and for non-fans. Some people are going to absolutely love it. And some people are going to think it's one of the worst. But yeah. I personally love it. Um, Sam in the chat says the ending sucks so much. Yeah. The characters are pretty good, though. I love... Yes, there's this gay couple in Halloween Kills named Big John and Little John. And Keegan, I 
I should have showed you a clip of them. They are like the funniest characters in like a horror movie. They're in this house and one of them is called Big John and the other one is called Little John. It's like an innuendo. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the one's like upstairs and he's like smoking pot and he's like grooving to this song. And the, the other guy is like, they're, they live in the Myers house now. Oh. It's revealed that, yeah, they bought it. And um, they like prank these kids outside and the kids are wearing season of the witch masks, which makes it even cooler. And they prank and they're like, Oh, Myers is going to get you. And they're, they're really funny. I remember when I went and saw it in the theater with Lincoln, I don't know if he's in the chat. And as soon as they showed up, I was like, it's us. And he just looked at me and goes, dude. And when I rewatched it with Sam last night, she was like, which one are you and which one is Lincoln? I was like, well, I'm definitely Big John. <laughs> like, Lincoln can be Little John. Um, so we are on to, those are all the ones I covered. I pretty much watched every movie this year except for three of them. We are on to Season of the Witch, which is my favorite of, the, of them. Uh, do you want to... Do you want to open up Season of the Witch? It's your favorite. I'll let you take the, take the reins. Oh, I got to get some water. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go mock two, everybody. Yeah. So, um, Season of the Witch was done by Tommy Lee Wallace, um, and it was written by him as well. Uh, John Carpenter just took a complete backseat and took over the producer role. It's got Tom Atkins in it fucking love tom atkins that man just absolutely oozes charisma and sex appeal he showed up in creep show that uh we watched and he is just he is a guy uh he is definitely a guy so the movie opens there's this guy he's running down the street he's like panicked we see this <coughs> dude in a suit following him and um the dude in the suit's trying to kill him, and we see these two. Uh, he um pulls this chain on this car and it hits the guy that was on top of him in the suit, and he's like crushed and he dies rather quickly. And you're like, That's weird, that wouldn't kill a dude. So he finds this guy at the shop and he's like, I need help, I need help. And they take him to a hospital, and we uh get to meet Dr. Chalice. He's doesn't have a good relationship with his wife uh, he has a great relationship with alcohol he has a great relationship with like every other woman in this movie that's (laughs) not his wife (laughs) like he's like he's like talking to this one nurse he's like oh yeah and then he calls like this mortician he's like hey we still on for saturday night and then like uh the dude's daughter that we see at the beginning he he, like hits it off with her too like he is a stud (laughs) absolute stud and um so he um he has this bad relationship and his wife is played uh by the actress who played Annie in the first movie. And we start seeing these silver shamrock commercials if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So if I mentioned that I thought that the music was repetitive in the first film, the uh silver shamrock commercials from this movie are so much worse. <laughs> There's a point to it, though. Yeah, there is a point to it. It's it plays more into the actual story, which is why I'm okay with it. Um, it's less of a critique and more of a, uh, oh my god, please shut the fuck up. Let me enjoy the movie. 
Bum, 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 bum. You can hear it in I your head. To, I can't. I used to have it as my ringtone. Eight more days till Halloween, except it's Halloween right now. <laughs> True. <laughs> um. So these commercials are happening, and we see that Doctor Chalice kind of has like, well, like I was saying, the the relationship isn't great. He brings his kids masks, and they already have masks, and they're the silver shamrock masks, which come in three forms. You can get the witch, the skeleton, or the pumpkin mask, and all the kids want them. It's the biggest craze right now. It's like Justin Bieber was a mask, <laughs> and like in in every kid in this movie is from two thousand eight. Um, so he he's like, well, whatever. I guess I'll go back to work, and he gets like this call in. And he sees um, the guy that was injured, and he's clutching this Halloween mask. He's like, they're going to kill us all. He's like, okay, buddy. All right. Um, Give him some drugs. <laughs> yeah. So um, that night, a man in a suit comes in. Wow, this scene is intense. It's very gruesome. It is. The special effects are, like, really good, and it makes it look just that much more revolting. Yeah. A man in a suit comes in, a different man than before. He goes up to where the guy's sleeping. He covers his mouth and his nose, and yet he, he like kind of pinches him, like between his, uh, where his eyes meet his nose in the middle, and he just starts like pulling. And you're like, and at first you're like, oh, is he like trying to smother him, like he's covering his mouth? And he pulls his skull apart with his bare hands, and we just see like his nose and like the the forefront uh, facing bones. He just, like, pulls them out away. Yeah. yeah, he, like, pulls them out away from his skull and just leaves him there. And uh, they're, like, the one nurse, like, discovers it. She's screaming, and Dr. Chow's like, what's going on? And the dude, like, goes out, gets in the car, dumps some gasoline on himself, and just lights himself on fire. And the car explodes. Um, so his daughter comes out, and... um. They're like, okay, there's something weird about this death. Dr. Chalice is like, it's been messing with me all week. I don't know what's happening. We need to figure out what happened to your father. So they go, um, they're like trying to pick up like some paper trail here, see what's going on. Um, the mortician can't even find any human remains after the car explosion. So they're researching where her father went, and he went to Santa Mira which is in California and it is a small little town where the silver shamrock factory is located. And the whole town is like made after the silver shamrock thing. And they get there and they're like, okay. And there's some other, there's another family that arrives and they've got a, a kid with them. And this other lady arrives. She's like a businesswoman, And, uh, <laughs> there's this scene and like i said he just oozes charisma in this movie uh between tom atkins character dr chalice and um harry's daughter i can't remember her name it's like killing me now ellie ellie that was it um and he, he he's just like i could maybe i should get another room and she's like that would look suspicious and He's like, well, I could sleep in the car. And she's like, where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? He's like, that's a very stupid question. <laughs> it's very 80s. Um, Dr. Chalice goes out and he meets this homeless guy. And this homeless guy is like, yeah, that Colonel Cochran, he's a cock. 
Like he's a piece of shit to motherfucker. Yeah. He's like worst thing to ever happen to this town and he leaves and like these guys in a suit are standing there like your personal FBI agents when you search how to make a bomb on Google. They're just standing there waiting for you. And they're standing from him and he's like, Oh, I was just kidding. <laughs> like it's just a joke, fellas. And um we see um their neighbor, she has um the medallion, which is like on the back of all the masks. And she's flipping it around. She sees that there's a uh, microchip on the back. So she's fucking with it. She's just like, who knows why. But it turns on and it fires this laser into her mouth. And we just see like her gums and like her lips just like bent up. And her That's eyes are like peeled back. Bent. Think of like a think of like a Venus flytrap. But like there's like yeah. three or four of them that are all opened up. Or uh for anybody that's seen Stranger Things, like a Demogorgon, almost, but just just the mouth. Yeah, it's weird, and her eyes are, like, all popped out, and we hear, like, the slithering of a snake and, like, different bugs. Like, we hear, like, a locust, and this fucking giant bug crawls out of her mouth, and we see a snake, and you're just like, what the fuck? The laser did that? Um. So if you want to, you want to take over for a little bit? Uh, sure. I do want to briefly mention, um, I made a joke when we started watching this one, and I said, uh, it'd be pretty cool if this was, like, somehow tied into the rest of the, the other movies, and Mike was like, uh, and I was like, what? And he's like, no, I don't want to say anything. And then about two minutes later, on screen, there's a TV commercial advertising, uh, the original Halloween as, like, a, as, like, a... Uh, like later this weekend thing, you know? Yeah, it's gonna premiere on TV. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so after the uh, neighboring uh, businesswoman is uh, killed by a misfire of whatever the circuit board is, um, she is being carted out by a group of men in suits. You know, they're 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 in like lab coats. Uh, yeah. from the factory and um, they come out and they're like I'm a doctor I can help I can help and they're like ah, we're gonna take her to the factory where we have we have great like emergency medical equipment over there uh, and they're just like that's really weird that you have that in your factory okay though <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, go ahead no, I was just gonna say, yeah, Tom Atkins is like, I'm a doctor. He's like, Don't worry about it. We got twelve <laughs> right here. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny though, because watching a group of like a group of people that are very clearly not doctors put a woman into a into a vehicle that is very clearly not an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Drive to a factory. Yeah. <laughs> Drive to a building that is very clearly not a hospital. <laughs> it's such a so so bizarre yeah it no it really is it really is and then we um we get into the factory next yeah as uh they're kind of doing some snooping of their own they're uh they're like we're gonna figure out like what's going on in the in yeah the the doctor factory <laughs> yes um but it's uh you know they're stooping around and one of the guys that's there is the like 
leading salesman of all the silver shamrock masks and he was like invited to uh to the facility but uh they're taking like a tour and everything and they're looking at all the masks and at one point they're like yeah we also send them before that we send the mask to final processing and uh there's this gigantic door marked final processing and it's like yeah nobody gets to see what's in there though there's chemicals and stuff first off why are you using chemicals on these children's masks that are already <laughs> done <laughs> that's yeah, a little suspicious very very volatile chemical process yes <laughs> uh so they uh um I just lost my entire train of thought. I was just about to take over, and I just, like, lost everything. Well, you better find uh, it. <laughs> they Ellie sees her father's car, and it's being guarded, and uh, they take off, and they're trying to call the cops, and you can't call any outside number that's not in the town. Uh, Ellie's kidnapped, and Dr. Chalice, he's running around, and he finally gets... He, like, is fighting one of the one of the men in the suits, he punches through it, he takes his fist out, and there's yellow goop everywhere and, like, a bunch of parts. And it's revealed that they are androids uh, that Cochrane had created. So they, um, he takes them in there, and uh, he's like, uh, so, uh, you want to see what final processing is? And he shows them that they captured, they, they took Stonehenge. They just took it. Just one of the rocks, they took it. And they took it back to their factory. And in each of the masks is a little piece of Stonehenge that they used in a microchip. And um, upon he, it's revealed that whenever the kids see the big giveaway, there's going to be a flashing pumpkin on their screen. It's going to activate the chip. And it'll kill them. And there will be a bunch of bugs and snakes and things that are, are going to come out and kill anybody else in the room. Anybody else that's in the room when it happens. When they see their kit die, they die next. And he shows a demonstration to him of it. Holy shit, this movie's got balls. It kills off a kid in one of the most gruesome ways I've ever seen a kid killed in a movie. The laser, the kid's wearing the mask. It's in like this test room. It fires and the kid falls to the ground and his head's just like as flat as a pancake. And all these like roaches and spiders, scorpions, snakes, all these just nasty things are coming out of the mask and what's, it kills uh, the other. What's even more disturbing about that scene too is you can kind of see some small parts of like the kid's face through the through the mask. And it's just it's just like ghost white and he has like cataracts. Yeah. Yeah, and the mask is like melting when he's like falling, it's like squishing up because of the heat. Uh it's fucked. Um and it kill it kills the other two people that are in the test room with him. It was the uh number one mask sailor he killed him. And Cochrane takes uh Dr. Chalice into this room and he explains his evil plan that he is a witch or a warlock, if you prefer. He's talking Magic about man. like Yes, Magic Man. He's talking about like sacrificing children and like the pagan and what Halloween means. And uh, we haven't had a good Halloween in 2,000 years. And he walks away, and the TV on the TV is Halloween, the first one. 
and it's the really suspenseful music where it's like dun 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 and doctor or doctor Cochran turns around and he's like happy Halloween and um, Dr. Chalice gets his mask off because he put a mask on him so he would die too he gets it off and he kicks it onto this camera he escapes and uh, oh, it's he masterful grabs- by the way he like he just flicks it and it lands perfectly on the camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, he escapes and he grabs Ellie and he goes into this big control room and he turns on the the commercial and he's got this big ba- uh, box of medallions and he dumps it and there's a bunch of the androids and Cochran down below and Cochran looks up. He's got this like shit eating grin on his face. So he just starts slow clapping for him and uh, it all explodes. The factory just annihilate just annihilated and um they're running and they get in their car and uh they're about to drive away and ellie starts attacking him and they crash the car and it was real it was revealed to him that whenever they're both captured ellie was replaced by an android and um he event uh, eventually is able to kill it and he takes off running back to the shop that we saw at the beginning of the movie and he's calling like NBC, CBS, ABC. He's like, you gotta turn it off, turn it off now. And two networks turn it off. And the third one, he's like pleading with them, and it's still going on the commercial. He's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And it just fades to black, and we have no idea if he succeeded or if he failed. Really bleak ending. Yeah. Really dark. Ambiguous. Yes, yes, very ambiguous. I love the I love this movie so much. It's so much fun. I love the masks. I love Tom Atkins. I love the music. I love the villain. Connell Cochran is excellent. I love that it doesn't take itself uh, so seriously either. Like it still has room for for some jokes. Yes, yes, I completely agree. Uh, Season of the Witch, I believe, is one of the um literally most divided because i think it's got like a 50 percent on rotten tomatoes and that means 50 percent of people gave it positive reviews and 50 percent gave it negative reviews yeah so it's like right in that that middle and i think if you give it a chance and really just try and forget what you know about halloween and just watch it for what it is a a good horror movie you'll have a great time i guarantee you that if you were to put that movie on um and not tell anybody what it was like if you if they came in and like the title screen was already played through and they just watched it they'd be like this is great and then you're like that was halloween 3 they'd be like what yep yeah it's it's very good tommy lee wallace really um outdid himself he he did a great job uh as the director uh so what do you give this one out of 10 or if you have anything else you want to talk about with it that kind of took over that one uh it's a 10 yeah it's a 10 for me it's one of my favorite horror i'm glad you like this one yeah the thing about it is it's not a slasher and for me personally slashers are here and there the the only slasher i'm like i love that is scream so which is a movie that analyzes uh slashers (laughs) yeah west credence big one that nightmare um but yeah it's it's so much fun you definitely give it a watch if you haven't before it's it's a great horror movie 
Um, so I guess we're on to Halloween 2018. Uh, you are more than welcome to start for uh, 2018, Mr. Toast. Yeah, so 2018 starts uh, it's on the 30th? Uh, I think it's the 29th, because then the 30th is transfer, 31st is Halloween. Okay. I think, Yeah. because there's three days. That's right, yep. So we start uh, on the 29th of October um, as this couple that uh, are going around doing interviews to create uh, podcasts about like criminal stories, essentially. Um, and they find themselves at the hospital and they're like, we're going to basically try and get an interview with Michael Myers or try and get him to interact with us in any way at all, uh, since he... Just kind of stands there all day um but the uh doctor whose name has slipped my mind uh uh dr uh sartain sartain yeah he's basically like leading them through and explaining the whole situation about how he you know he studied under uh dr Lemus and he kind of took over his studies after he passed um and the couple finally they make it out into the yard and there's several people um in the yard that are they're all like chained up pretty much but um one of the um podcasters walks up and they're like michael i have something for you and he pulls out the mask and he's basically you know he's like you can feel the presence look at it say something um and i love this scene because of everybody else's reaction in the yard um even michael's where he like he just kind of subtly turns his head just a little bit, um, kind of acknowledging it. Uh, but like all the other inmates and in things start like they're like freaking out. They're going crazy. Uh, also, quick side note, they're recording with a task cam. Uh, if anybody knows what that is, you don't record raw audio with a task cam. <laughs> got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> Desperate times. Walk around with a condenser microphone like a professional. <laughs> um so then we get the uh the title sequence. And for me, when I saw this in the theater, I fangirled. Because to my knowledge, this past two, this is the first one to show the pumpkin at the beginning. Uh well, three does, but it's like a digital one. Yeah. Four just has a generic title. But the first two have like a cool pumpkin and you're following it through the opening credits and this one brings it back. Um. <laughs> yeah, and the coolest thing about it is that it's reversing. So it's like a very, it's like a squished down aged pumpkin and it slowly reverses into the pumpkin from the original with uh, the knife carved in the nose and Michael's mask carved into the uh, left eye. And it's it's a lot like this movie. It takes this franchise and it kind of like revitalizes it. it. Yeah, you know, lifts it up back to what it was. Um, so we get um, <clears throat> we get to Haddonfield after this, and we meet Karen, her daughter Allison, and Karen is Laurie Strode's daughter. Allison is her granddaughter. <clears throat> Laurie Strode is kind of living off the grid. Um, do we see the scene of her first or the scene with the family first? Uh, 
I can't remember. I guess it doesn't matter what order I talk about it in. I think we see the podcasters go to Lori first. Okay. Well, they go to Lori. Lori only agrees to interview with them because they're going to give her like $3,000. Yeah. They're, um, literally, she has like a fenced-in thing with like an intercom button. And uh, the dude's leaning out the car window and he's like, yeah, we just want to we're doing an interview. We're doing a, like a podcast documentary thing. And uh, there's just silence for like 10 seconds. And then she goes, how would $3,000 sound? And then the gate just opens. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And then we get Lori and she is um, she's a little bit older. Uh, well, a lot of bit older. It's been 40 years. Um, but she looks, Jamie Lee looks pretty good for like being 60 something. Um, she does the interview. She only answers a handful of questions and then they start to talk about her relationship with her daughter who she lost child protective services and she is like, get the fuck out. Uh, so they're like, okay, they leave, um, they're driving down the road and then we um learn that we learn a little bit about the family um the dad's really funny i like the dad in this movie a lot allison's daddy's just kind of like he drops like peanut butter on his cross he's like oh man i got peanut butter on my penis <laughs> <laughs> and key and i remember key when we were watching he's just like just say crotch yeah <laughs> um so Allison goes out and she's got her friends and one of her friends makes a pretty good point. And then it's literally like a new producer nowadays, like talking to Danny McBride and David Gordon Green when they got this made. The dude's like, yeah, I mean, like he killed like four people, but like, like to today's standard, like that's not that's that not, bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. And then this this is Danny McBride's reaction is Allison. Just shut the fuck up, Dave. <laughs> just shut the fuck up um which i i love that yeah um so um we get like this um dinner scene uh this between... is the night of the uh transport yes yes michael is being uh we didn't we did not mention that uh, michael is being transported facilities um they're like He's incurable. He's been in here 40 years. We're just going to throw him in a fucking federal prison until he rots to death. Uh, the state's done with him. So um, his doctor is a little weird. He's like, I'll be with you the whole time, Micah. He sounds a lot like Loomis, too. Yeah. Uh, so um, we have this dinner scene uh, between Allison's family, Allison's mom, dad, her boyfriend, whose name I'm forgetting right now, but I really like his character because he does cool shit in the second one, but I can't <laughs> remember his name. Um, they're all sitting there eating, and the dad's like, it, um, I just want to do a really funny callback. So I know you haven't seen Kills yet, but do you remember when the dad's like, oh, I know your dad, Lonnie. He used yeah. to sell me peyote. In the second one, they're talking to his dad, Lonnie. Lonnie's in the second one, yeah. like, all grown up. And uh, he's like, yeah, I remember your dad. He used to sell me peyote. <laughs> it's just completely reversed. <laughs> Kills has a lot of really good jokes. Kills is like simultaneously the goriest and the funniest in like the franchise. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. 
I'm going to turn my camera off for like two seconds because Sam's walking in. Um, if you want to take over from this point in the plot. Okay. Um, so basically, Lori is, uh, she's kind of like stalking the prison bus. Uh, and she like, she's sitting there. She's nervous. She's sitting there with her, with a revolver in the, in the car. Um, she even like has like this tiny, like little shot that's, that you get from like the, um, uh from like the liquor store she like cracks it open shugs it really quick and then just sitting there super nervous uh as it cuts to the dinner scene um she kind of barges in and uh she's like uh she's like kind of introducing herself and um to uh the boyfriend and everything uh, and then she picks up uh, Karen's glass of wine and just starts chugging it. And she's like, Mom, I thought you gave up drinking. And she's like, it puts it, finally puts it down. Uh, and she's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down. I'll sit down. <clears throat> and she starts kind of rambling about how earlier that night she really was thinking about killing Michael as he was getting onto the, onto the uh, prison bus. Um, and then she's kind of talking like, uh, like I saw him the shape which i don't know why more people don't refer to him as the shape that is so much cooler than michael myers <laughs> it is a really cool name it is really cool um yeah it's i like how they kind of frame this different version of ptsd that Lori has because it's not the ptsd that like you're very like skittish towards something or like it like triggers you in a certain way like Lori just like went full mental like becoming um like a a counterpart to him almost because all she has been dreaming about doing is cutting him down there's a line in kills uh where she tells um her daughter she's like i'll take his head as he takes mine and the daughter is just like what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> like, what are you saying? <laughs> um, uh, we got some chats. Cameron, I think. Yes, that's the boyfriend's name, Cameron. Uh, Sloppy Butcher Sisters on the internet has apparently took a liking to genocide because it killed all my connections and devices back up and running now, though. Oh, that's well, welcome good. back. Yeah, welcome back. Hopefully you get that uh, that small kink out of your internet. Yeah, very true. So, um, yeah, I really like how they did that, and they kind of just made her that way like she is a counterpart to him uh we see michael's uh prison transfer bus crashes of course uh and um his doctor kind of like seizes the opportunity a little bit we we get a little bit more into this later um there's these this dad and his son in a truck and they're driving up and michael kills them both kills this kid that's like nine maybe like I would say like eight at the youngest, thirteen at the oldest. Would you say? Yeah, I'd say it's probably like twelve or thirteen. Uh, so he kills them both, and the boy accidentally shoots the doctor, which is really funny when he's trying to shoot Michael. And oh, it's the dumbest way too, because the doctor pops up. He's like, "Don't shoot!" But he just jump scared the kid with the gun. <laughs> I also will say that this next part, I usually am pretty pissy when they show Michael's face. Okay. It doesn't, like in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, it doesn't do it for me. In this trilogy, I like it a lot. 
because of the way they angle it and things like that, it's like, and I like the look that James Jude Courtney brings to it in the new trilogy. Like this older man, he's got like a bald spot. Yeah, the other thing too is that they never show his erect shot of his face. It's always, it's either blurred or it's from like the side. If, if, yeah. if it's even the side, like the opening shot, it's back here. You just see it, the back half of his face. In Kills, there's a segment where you see a lot, but it's like different angles, and it, it works really well for that scene in Kills. I hate the plot of that scene, but I like elements of that scene in Kills where you see a lot of his face. Yeah. Um, so we see a good bit of it whenever he's in this uh, truck stop. He uh, sees the podcasters. <laughs> it's me and Keegan. Uh, <laughs> visiting Judith Meyer's grave. He kills them both in this place he like follows them back he kills them both like very brutally in the bathroom she he's like smashing her into the freaking stall and into the door um he gets a pair of coveralls and he takes his mask from the car which is a really cool way to have him get that mask back in my opinion yeah because it it finds a way to like incorporate the original mask uh like into something new if that makes sense i i don't know i i love the dirty look of it and you saw it looks in, like it's uh, aged like it, it's been like thrown around for 40 years yes and i love the look of it and kills too because as we'll talk about with the ending of this one it gets burned up and there's like that hole in it it looks so good and kills it is so just creepy looking uh welcome uh both trent and spencer into the chat and thank and you for the follow yeah. beat me to it appreciate um, that so he gets his mask back we get this really cool like slow-mo shot where he like closes the trunk and he's got the mask on you're like the boys are backing down um so uh if you're go ahead i'll let you run yeah um so basically it's uh oh got a gifted sub from uh the sloppy butcher to spencer appreciate that thank you very much um but uh where was i sorry uh we were right after the gas station he gets the mask back yeah uh so the cops show up to the scene and they're uh kind of looking around and they're like oh uh well michael's back or realsies this time. Uh, got his mask and everything. Uh, he killed four people in that gas station, by the way. Not just the podcasters, but the guy, the mechanic, and the guy running the front desk. Yeah. He took the uh, he took the mechanic's uh, jumpsuit, because where else is he going to get one, you know? It's true. Um, it is a nice jumpsuit. I'm glad it was in his size. Yeah. I would have been kind of devastated if he had to, like, wear one, though. Can you imagine him, like, walking around in a jumpsuit, like, really tight? And like you can see his pecs. Imagine he goes to like he goes to stab somebody and like it just tenses up. He's like, shit. <laughs> Can't get the knife down. His arms just straight locked all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's that's a great idea. Somebody should write that. And it's not gonna be me. <laughs> um uh, but uh where does it go from here? I'm trying to I'm pretty sure it's to... Does it just she, jump straight to the dance? I think, I think Lori gives her money, and then it oh, cuts. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't remember if it's the dance scene first or if it's the tracking shot first. Uh, I know she gives her the money before. Uh, I think she actually gives her the money before the dinner. I legit have a coworker who says she is sexually attracted to Michael Myers, so she would enjoy that. What? What? I. Uh huh. <laughs> Pamer info. That's strange. Aren't Let's... you married? <laughs> Isn't he married? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, don't worry about that. He does not have a third kid on the way either. <laughs> Audio listeners, I am so sorry. You're, you, they're going to be so confused. <laughs> this will be your oh reason for you to check out the YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What the hell? Uh, I, let's just do the tracking shot and then the party. Yeah. Uh, so the tracking shot uh, is probably the best scene in this movie. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, so basically, we get a whole one long take uh, shot where we kind of see Michael doing his thing, where he kind of stalks a couple of people before going in for the kills. Um, he goes through what two or three houses? Yeah, just fucking cleaning shit up in each one. Yeah, he's been itching, man. It's been years, <laughs> forty years. <laughs> Yeah, it's been 40 years, man. He, he's itching. He only got five the first time, he said. Yeah. Um, but basically, he's... Uh, he, the first one he goes to is the old couple's house. Yes. Which is very similar to, you know, uh, Halloween 2. Um, but he, like, goes through and he chokes out the first one, if I'm not mistaken. And then he picks up a knife and goes for the second one. Am I recalling that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, after that, he moves around the back uh, up to the front of the houses again. And he gets, we get this really great scene where he like kneels down in front of the window and you see the full reflection of the mask and everything in the window of, uh, as this woman's walking around. And then uh, it goes away from him as he walks off the screen and you don't see him again until he's in the house and he walks up behind the woman and stabs her through the back of the neck. And like, you see it pop out of the side of her throat. Uh, and then I'm blanking on the third house. Uh, uh I think there's just two. Is it two? Yes. I think we it's just also, two. you did mention it during this scene as well, where we see, uh, two characters that are in kills getting into the car Yes, yes, yes. They're they're really cool characters and kills. So, I really like that they kind of kept everything uh, in one night. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool too that like they had the they had the foresight. They like had the actors already in like in like written in and everything. Do you want to hear something wild? Sure. Um, this isn't much of a spoiler. Between the two movies, it they take place in one night, okay? Kills is like two. It is a direct continuation yeah. that same night. It takes place in one night. If we look, even counting Halloween 2, the original, let's count them together. So we had five in the first one and like, what, nine roughly in the second one? Yeah. Like 14 people? 
Do you know how many people Myers kills in the first one in uh, kills? Uh, in one night. I don't know, 15? 51. 50, what? Yeah, he kills He kills uh, 31 in the kills extended cut and 17 in Halloween 2018. That's insane. Yeah, 17's not too too bad, but he kills double that in, uh, in the second one, pretty much. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, that tracking shot is absolutely beautiful, and it it probably is my favorite scene, but there is a piece of music in the movie that uh, we'll talk about okay. that I think is just wow. Yeah. It blows me away. So yeah, we uh, we go from a scene where we get to see you know Michael back at it doing his thing, uh, and then it jump cuts to um, the high school dance where uh, everybody's you know dressed up in their Halloween costumes and everything. Uh, we get Bonnie and Clyde with a twist. The yeah. twist being that it's uh it's gender bent, I guess, or role swap. Yeah. Um. So she's dressed up as uh, as Clyde, and uh, he's dressed up as Bonnie. It's a really cool costume. Yeah. Ca- uh, Cameron's kind of a dick in this movie. I like him a lot better in Kills. Yeah. So he gets into an argument because uh, what's her name? Uh, Allison. Allison. Allison sees him. Um, with like a a flask, and he's also like talking to other girls or something. Mm-hmm. And the she uh you know confronts him and everything. And at this point, um, Lori and Karen are both like trying to get a hold of her, and she's about to answer her phone before he grabs her phone and throws it in what we can only guess is either some form of nacho cheese or pudding. We couldn't tell. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, which I made the argument to Mike that I don't think your phone would be dead uh, from going into some pudding. Mike argued maybe it would be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember, like, I didn't think that, like, phones were really waterproof, like, accessible waterproof to, like, 2019, 2020. Well, in 2000, 2018, we're talking, uh, we had, like, the iPhone 8 that year, which was already water-resistant. The seven was water resistant before that, so I don't know. But did she have a Samsung? I couldn't tell. Or a Motorola. What if she had? If it was a, a Motorola. What if she had an S seven active? Had. Could have been our cool pad from Kroger. <laughs> cool pad. That I had when I was in the seventh grade. It was Jesus called a Christ. cool pad. Most generic shit ever. Was it nacho, was it nacho cheese, cheese resistant? Cheese resistant. Yeah. The better question is, <laughs> was it pudding resistant? Yeah. Don't want to get all that sugar and everything in there. Anyway, we got sidetracked on that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we did. So, uh, um, go ahead. You're, okay. So, um, at the party, she's pissed. She leaves, and um, her other friend, uh, the simp boy, is following her out. Um, and uh, we see uh, De- uh, Deputy Hawkins, who's my favorite new character in this trilogy. I love, I love Hawkins. He's so good. Uh, it's revealed that he was the arresting officer in 78. And um, if you watch Halloween Kills, you get a very nice 25-minute backstory into what exactly went down that night. And uh, let's just say Hawkins blames himself a lot for the reason that Michael is still alive. Um, 
Lori sees Michael. He's just kind of walking away, and she shoots him, and he um, he flees. And the police take Lori, Karen, and Ray. They go take him uh, to Lori's house. And then we see um, Allison and her friend. They're walking, and he, like I said, he's a simp. He tries to kiss her. She brushes him off. She's like, no, we're not doing that. Like, this isn't an invitation, buddy. And he's, like, sitting there alone. And Michael is there. And he, like, picks him up. And he sticks him on this fence. And Allison, like, comes back for him. And she sees him. And she's screaming and running away. And we get one of my favorite pieces of music John Carpenter ever wrote, The Shape Hunts Allison. If you haven't heard it, look it up on YouTube and listen to it. The Shape Hunts Allison. Better yet, it's just only... look up the scene. Yeah, the scene's great. Um, song's only like a minute and a half. It is... I can't even explain. It's really good, and it's crazy that John Carpenter, as old as he is, wrote something like that rivals what he wrote when he was in his prime. So... Um, Uh, we see Dr. Sartain, and he he's talks about how I was a student of Dr. Loomis, and he he talks to um, the other the sheriff, and he's like, "Let me help you." Um, and uh, Hawkins is like, "I'm gonna kill him this time." He hits uh, he hits him with his car, and Sartain is just like, "Yeah, no, 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 no," and he. Um, stabs Hawkins and um I don't know if I told you this when we watched it but Hawkins lives. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh Dead Meat actually actually accidentally counted him on the uh kill count and he complained about it like whenever he was doing the Halloween kills one. So a character that uh because um David Gordon Green saw that he made that video. So a character that looks like they die and kills is alive and ends just to fuck up his count again. I see. Uh, so a big thing with that, we did an entire month of Halloween specials and we waited until the very end to mention dead meat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Kind of impressive. It was just, yeah, pretty much. we do our own research. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dr. Sartain stabs him. He's like completely obsessed with Michael Myers. He leaves Hawkins there on the road, and unless you see kills, you pretty much assume he's dead. Yeah. Um, Dr. Sartain uh, is wearing Michael Myers' mask. He puts him in the car with Lori. He's like, they have to meet. They have to meet. It has to happen. My research. They have to meet. And like, meaning Lori and Michael again. And that's the one thing I really, really like about the movie is they really, like, lean into that. He's just an animal. Like, he doesn't have... He's not after something. They, he has to put him in the in the direct path of Laurie Strode. Like, that's like if you're trying to shoot a basket and you just walk up, reach up, and just, like, not even dunk it, just, like, put it in like that. It's literally what he did with this whole thing because Michael in this version of um, Halloween does not give a shit about Laurie Strode at all. He recognizes her. He does not give a shit. Um, so Michael kills Dr. Sartain. He's pissed. Allison's trying to get away and then he kills these two cops and he makes like these jack-o'-lanterns 
out of their heads. It's really neat. Um, they have a big final fight. We get some stuff. Um, that's one thing uh, we neglected to mention was there's a lot of like homage to the original in this movie. There's a lot of callbacks. Like there's a scene in the first one where Lori is in a class and she looks outside and she sees Michael standing by a tree. In this one, Allison's in cl- in class. She looks out and she sees Lori standing by that tree. That's what I meant to um, mention when uh, when we started talking about the first one. How there's a scene that we'd call back to. Yeah, and um, we see here when Michael goes off the balcony and lands in the first one, and he disappears. Lori does that when Michael pushes her off the balcony. It's missing. It's pretty cool. So. Um, they, the three girls in the family, the dad is sadly killed and it's left up to Karen, Allison, and Lori, the three generations of the Strodes. Um, they get into a big altercation. Karen shoots him in the jaw. Which is a great uh, scene, by the way, because the way that she does it is like, uh, so the, he like rips open the, uh, thing to the basement and she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's when he's like, all right, I'm gonna come down the stairs now. He's like, gotcha. And then pulls the trigger and hits him in the jaw. It's awesome. So they uh, get him down in the basement and they're fighting with him a little bit and they get him trapped down there and Lori hits this thing and it's revealed that the basement isn't a bunker. It's a trap. And he's in there and this gas starts filling the room and it goes up. And we see him kind of standing with the head tilt, like in the fire. Uh, Lori says goodbye, and they take her out. And we see the burning basement. And if you watch all the credits and watch the post-credits scene, you can hear Michael breathing, uh, stating that he is still alive. All so, right. is there anything with 2018 that you want to touch on that we may have... Uh, I think everything that the original set as like precedent for uh, slashers of the time, this evolves and makes it more than what it used to be in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I think a, a big thing of it as well is the music is much more diverse. There's a lot more of it. Um, and I love a lot more of the uh, the attention to detail and kind of honoring the original. What do you, uh, what would, would you give it out of 10? Uh, it's really tough. Cause I like the first one quite a bit. I'm probably around, probably a 9.5. This one is a 10 for me. I, I love this movie. It was great when I saw it in the theater, when it first came out and every rewatch, it just, it's so good. <clears throat> They did a good job of capturing what made the first one so special. I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> you can tell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they capture everything that made the first one so great. And they, like you said, they expand upon it a lot. Yeah. It's no longer just a, uh, another kill all the teenagers that are horny uh, type movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that a lot. I like that he, he really just, he doesn't discriminate. And he really, really doesn't discriminate in in kills or ends. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's all I have. We did very briefly forget to mention uh, 
that if she were a better babysitter, he wouldn't be up clipping his nasty ass toenails. Yes, yes, that kid is so good. <laughs> we didn't mention either of those characters. Yeah, that 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 boy is so good. Yeah. If you were a better babysitter, I wouldn't be up clipping my nasty ass toenails. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, that's our last Halloween episode. We had uh, quite a few this month. Yep. Uh, and it was honestly, it was a blast doing a lot of them. So, uh, I'm not going to say all of them, but <laughs> that's it. Well, now well, you can't just say that. Now I don't know which episode you didn't like. <laughs> now I'm, I'm not like, telling. It, it's just Texas Chainsaw too. We all know it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, uh, kind of going back to our regularly scheduled program next week. Um, this upcoming Sunday, we will have our final Attack on Titan episode. Um, following that, we are doing a Death Stranding episode, I believe. Yeah, uh, and so for the Attack on Titan, be sure to watch the finale if you're able to, because uh, we are going yeah. to be talking about everything. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it like the day after it comes out. Yeah, so we'll be talking about the rest of. Try your well, best to keep up the date. Uh, part two and three so it's like everything um probably that'll probably be a longer uh episode because we're gonna do like a whole retrospective of like what we thought for all uh sam said the halloween episodes were so much fun i love the themes yeah we we had themes for all of except for one we were just like yeah fuck it let's just watch watch a bunch of shit there was a reason that episode was titled a bunch of horror movies we decided to watch (laughs) yeah yeah that's true. It got it got a lot of variety though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look out for that episode. Um and the Death Stranding one that is also in the near future. And uh I think that's all I have, Mr. Toast. That's the same for me. So uh once again, join the Discord if you haven't already. And if you're listening on uh on Spotify or watching on YouTube. Remember that we do live stream these podcasts, uh, as you can tell, because we're reading the chat constantly. Um, be sure to stop by sometime. We'd love to hear your feedback live. And that's yes. pretty much it from us. Once again, we appreciate you. Uh, and we just, we love doing this. So, Yeah, it is an absolute blast. Have a safe and happy Halloween. A lot of you guys will probably hear this post-Halloween But I hope you had a good one. Halloween is my favorite holiday. You all have a fantastic night. Take care. Have a good one, everyone.